how you return to its old location, knowing that you've moved it. And as you do this, think about how uh, the mind just, without, again, much thought press, sends you, send you back to a place, a familiar place, something that you know, it's habit. And how often do we do things and continue to do things because it is what we know? We stay with people because it is who we know. Um, so allow your mind to go deeper, to go further, and work to change your mindset. Mindset is a predetermined action or thought, whatever, that you, it's already said, regardless of what has happened, the, your act, the actions are going to say, be the same because your mindset is conditioned to respond to that situation, to that comment, to that problem. It's already predetermined. And so that's why it's so important to renew your mind, to renew your thoughts, to renew your mind. So keep that in mind as you as you prepare to do that. And I, we hope that you do. We hope that you share your stories about that as well. So tonight's topic, and I just want to say a little bit about Corey. I actually have been um, conversating with Corey quite a bit on Facebook. Did not know exactly who I was talking to that I really did uh, get to see him in action some time ago, early this year, February, right, Corey? At the it, it was correct. February because it was yeah. right a day of storytelling, um, which was just a great, great um, program. Uh, and again, a day of storytelling, and it was in celebration of our, our Black History Month. And uh, it's my my uh, thoughts that they're going to do that again. So it's my understanding that they will do that again next year. So we'll keep you guys abreast about that but it was in is it selmer tennessee is that where it was uh, it, it was no, it, it was in brighton tennessee brighton tennessee. brighton tennessee okay and again a day of storytelling so that's where i initially and i didn't really get to meet Corey, but i did hear his speech and i thought wow what guts he is brave to stand up <laughs> in front of all these pastors and and to speak the truth and that's exactly what it is in my opinion society has taught us and we have learned very well to not deal with the truth to kind of escape the truth and in hearing that and saying that why i want to ask you guys why is it so easy for us when the word clearly says the truth shall set you free in my opinion there are so many things that the word says that we tiptoe around or don't address at all it seems that many pastors many churches many people have favorite um, verses that they just pound on, that just, just they just stick on and stay on. But there's so much more that produces so much more growth um, your, that just um, add to your relationship. So that cause my thought process on this, especially tithing part and being pimped, if you teach people or allow give people what they need to change now that doesn't take the responsibility away from you personally to have that desire to know and to do but if more people will hold people accountable and then each person grows uh, according to the word and as as the Holy Spirit guides and directs you won't have to tell people about tithing people won't put up with with the pimping preachers they won't tolerate it. They will be so quickly out of business because you are about God's business. You can't serve two gods. And it's hard to sit and watch people that preach to people 
brings out, you know, teach them about salvation, you as a as a whole individual serving God, it will be difficult, in my opinion, for you to sit and watch that happen Sunday after Sunday and not speak up. So tonight's topic is about so much and and that much more. So, Corey, if you will start it out, uh, just kind of tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, as much as you want to share, how you started kind of doing this, and um, just anything you want to share. Hi, um, my name is Corey Barnes, uh, 40 years old, originally from Osceola, Arkansas. Um, I, I was in Nevada, and we had some issues happening in Nevada to move us back down to Covington. And we started at the new church. I, I didn't like church at first. hated all. Every pastor I pretty much had, I either dogged them out <laughs> or I just didn't like them. And it's because they were so fake. So we, got, we went to this church where we are now, which is uh, Church of Hope, down in Halls, Tennessee. And me and that pastor, we clicked because he, he speaks about Jesus. He speaks about what's in the Bible. So that's how I got started. It was that I, I did it in college for a while, and I did a lot of black history stuff. I did a lot of uh, protests and stuff in college, and I just left it alone. But when I got here, God called, called me back into what I'm doing now. So this is all God's will. Okay, okay. And tell us about what, what is it that when you say you're calling, is it you're calling to kind of, uh, call out people who are, I guess, tell us about your calling. What exactly do you feel your okay, calling is? My calling is actually to strengthen my community uh, by economic means. Uh, that's really, I, I really think that's what I'm, I'm meant to be, is that is is mentor type that will show you how to, to become economically sound so you don't have to worry about all this. See, when it comes down to this, pimp, this poor pimp, pimp right, and I just what my, my thing was on doing black history, it's because it's, a, it's an economic thing. It's easier to pimp somebody that don't, that don't know any better. It's easier to pimp somebody that don't want any better. But when you want better, you know better. See, the pimping aspect kind of goes away. So that and so my, my calling is, is to give our community um, an economic means to buy where which we can start standing on our own. Something like pretty much what Malcolm X said. He didn't like the civil rights movement simply because we were big. What he said was, well, let's, let's do the economic thing first, and then everything else will follow. And that's what I'm about. Okay, let me, and, and Rodney, anything for you? And I did get your message. I'm going to, um, I got a message from Rodney that one of our phones is is clicking. I'm going to change just to see if it's mine. I'm going to just change my phones and then we'll see. But Rodney, anything you want to add? Uh, good evening. Uh, this is Rodney Jordan. I'm a, a school teacher in uh, Manassas, Virginia. Um Right now, I'm currently in Denver, Colorado, which I'm excited about because I've been wanting to come here for for the past few years. But I'm here at a teachers' convention for the National Education Association. And yesterday, I actually had a chance to um, go home this weekend. And yesterday, I went to church with my stepmother, and I thought the message was right on time for for this conversation tonight. Uh, one of my cousins uh, delivered the message, and he was talking about uh, false prophets. And a lot of the things that he mentioned um, during his sermon uh, were about these very things that we're going to be talking about tonight. So I just thought that that was so timely, and, and I even texted him today and, you know, let him know that we were doing the show. So hopefully he'll get a chance to, uh, to tune in. Uh, Shy, if you're listening, uh, great job yesterday again, and uh, feel free to jump in. 
Okay, and that 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 was the you you were able to text the pastor of the church that you were at yesterday. Well, he's yeah. not the pastor, but he was uh, he he was speaking yesterday. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was gonna I, say that I, I in itself was kind of odd. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. I went, I went, uh, I went home uh, to Norfolk, uh, Virginia this weekend, and and I went to church with my stepmother yesterday. Okay. Excuse me. And um, and the message was about false prophets and a lot of the things that he talked about yesterday. I feel like tying to tonight's show, so I just thought that that was kind of timely. So. Okay. Well, I have a question, and I'll start it out. Phone lines are open for those of you who are listening. Chat line is open as well. And I pose this question in the description of the show. Exactly, in your opinion, uh, both of you, what is pimping in the pulpit? And I realize it could be, you know, each of you could have your own opinion of it, but in your opinion, what is it? What does it consist of? Corey, you go ahead. Sorry. No, Corey, you you, you start. I want you to go ahead. I'm, I'm going to start out with, with scripture first. I'm, I'm going to go over the scripture first so you kind of understand where I'm coming from. All right, I'm going to do First Timothy 6, 3 through 5. It says, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which uh, accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes or arguments over words, from which comes envy, strife, reveling, evil suspicion, useless wrangling, of men of corrupt minds, destitute of truth, who suppose that godliness is a mean of gain, from which such you withdraw yourself. Now, the key of it is, is the end part, who suppose that godliness is a mean of gain. That's a poor pit pimp. See, a poor pit pimp is one of those ones, he's a coward, first of all. He, he's a big coward, because he doesn't, he doesn't want to really get a chance to know God. So he's one of those ones that he's all in it for himself. He's all in it about, all about the money. He's not about transforming the people in their minds. That's a poor pimp to me. Okay, okay, Rodney. Um, I think I think that a pulpit pimp is someone who is is out for their personal gain, and someone who is not about the truth. It is all about them, and it is all about what they can get out of the congregation. Do you feel that them, most times? I was going to ask. Do you feel that uh, it is easily easy sometimes that they may people may start out with good intentions and get caught up in the uh, hustle and bustle of the cash? And as we see what's going on in the world today, um, many of them, in my opinion, lack the humbleness, the meekness. Um, I was listening to a show today that talked about. Uh, the suits, some of their some of their suits will cost more than the monthly mortgage on the church um, and things like that. So, do you feel that it's easy to get caught up in it? That some some of them may start out with good intentions and a heart for God, but the world kind of takes over. They become conformed to this world and and all this money. I think that uh, I, I I think that some may start out with the with the good with the good intentions or with the right intentions. But I also I also think that some people start out with the wrong intentions, and I say that because of this. If your heart is right, then your heart is right. And if you are a good-hearted person, 
that will always trump or, you know, or at least it should. I know that, you know, we don't always do uh, the right things, but that should trump the evilness that you're presented with. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, these the, these people who, who do these um, evil things or, or do these crooked things, I feel like that's how they were anyway. I don't I don't think that that I, I don't think that money changes people. I think that if you give an idiot a million dollars, they're they're still an idiot. They just have a million dollars. If you give mm-hmm. an intelligent person a million dollars, they're just an intelligent person with a million dollars. I don't think that money changes people. I think that it, it may it, it may change the way that they do things, but I but I don't think money can change what's in your heart. So if if your heart is right, then I think I think that it's going to be very hard. I mean, this lady, uh, when I when I got off the plane today and I was getting in the in the cab, this lady dropped her uh, her credit card, and this guy could have easily just taken it, but he handed it to her. So if it's in your heart to do what's right, then most of the time I, I'll say uh, I'm not going to say 100, percent but most of the time you'll do what's right. Okay, Corey. All right. Okay, I, I, let me put a different spin on that. Um, uh, let me, you know, I'm, I'm big on history. I'm big on, on on things like that, going back to the beginning of some things. I think what happened was is that if you look back, um, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna go back to the beginning, but to the pretty much how we got the pulpit pimp people started out. If you remember, right after right after slavery, right during the Reconstruction period, see, we were the ones going around. It went from we went from town to town. That that's, that's what I had. We we traveled. I'm not talking about the poor pimp. He traveled from town to town. He went from house to house. See, he, he what he did was he didn't know the Bible because he couldn't read. So what he did was he remember what everything that the slave master was telling him, and he repeated those words. Those things became traditions. I would say a lot of those things became traditional on what we do and how we do certain things. So I don't think that they intentionally may not have started out that way, but it's been so traditional. And it's been so uh, passed on family from family and from son to father that it just became normal for them. That's all they know. Because I just say, you notice a lot of times with a lot of pastors, they automatically, when they say, when I go, my son will take over. Well, was he called by God or was he called by you? And see, that whole transformation part right there, that starts that pulpit pimp mentality. Because at that point, if you didn't, if you didn't call by God to get a word, then you called by man. So now you got, you got two different things going on right there. Okay. Um, and, and I'm just asking questions. When you guys want to flow and, and give your part, of course, I know if, if you have something, you just want to straight give it, and I'll take my questions from there. Uh, otherwise, I'll okay. just kind of ask the questions that I had posed, you know, had for, for this. If you were asked, um, and I'm asking, what percentage or say one, what out of, out of every ten pastors, what are your numbers? What percentage do you feel um, – you would classify as pulpit pimp? I'll say out of 10 out of 10. I'll say I'll give me 10 people. I'll say nine of them. Nine of them. Maybe nine and a half. Okay. Because, again, I'm I'm going by experience. See, when I was younger and I was in college and I used to work at the gas station, right, be late at night, I used to work third shift. 
and I used to be, and I, I'd be in the gas station, and we have to block the doors because it was kind of it was in a bad neighborhood. And at nighttime, you, you'd be seeing a lot of these Cadillac stuff floating around. And a lot of times, you'd be done passes out there, pick up the transvestite sites or picking up picking up, pick up these uh, women on the on the corner and stuff. But then all of a sudden, when you go to these uh, nonprofit organizations or you go to these uh, shelters and stuff, that'd be that same guy sitting there holding the Bible and thing. So I, I would say that I would say nine out of ten from my experience. And not only that, I would just say. In general, when you talk to a lot of them, you know, just by the actions alone, they can't be real. There's just no possible way. If you if you if you're doing what what the Bible says and you live by the Bible, but your actions are showing something different, does that not make you a lie? Okay. You know that that's my that's my take. How you feel about that, Rodney? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I, I I I agree with you. And I will even be uh, bold enough to say probably nine and a half out of ten. And here's here's why I say that. I feel like we have gotten, as a society, Christians, non-Christians, whether you're Baptist, uh, whoever, it doesn't matter, uh, Catholic, we have gotten so far away from God all we know is the world, and, and that's generally speaking, not everybody. Here's what I have a problem with. I think if, if anything, we are probably more religious than God is. We focus on so many things I don't think that God focuses on. Because if you read the scriptures, the scripture says, I believe it's in Isaiah, God's thoughts are way higher than our thoughts. And and so the things that we focus on, that there's no way God can focus on these things. Because I'm pretty sure that, that, that with everything God is, God has some, some, some common sense and God has some good sense. And with with saying that, there's no way I can be a pastor of a church. And, again, and this goes back to something that Paul said. It's all about what you believe. So anyone listening, please forgive me, but this is what I believe. I don't believe as a pastor it is okay for me to be living well and those people in my congregation who show up every Sunday for service, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever day you have Bible study. And they are struggling. Yet I'm living in a mansion. I have a private jet. Uh, you know, I don't. I, and I the no mansion is not have, in the community I, that the church is in now. Get that in. The mansion is you. In most cases, they leave you, the people in their congregation, the members in that community, and they they build the mansion far away. Oh yeah. Well, all right. Right, right. Right, but you, you but, remember how it was back in the day? Go ahead, Rodney. I'll, I'll let you finish, and I'll jump in. Go ahead. Sorry okay. about that. But I, I don't believe that's the way God intended it to be. I don't believe that God is, is, is okay with um, the pastor or the bishop or the apostle doing great, and there are people in the church struggling because here's here's how I would be as a, as a pastor or at least this is my thought process if if I have something we all have 
it's just like a it's just like when you look at a parent. If if I'm doing well, you should know how well we're doing as parents by looking at our children. You shouldn't look at my children and say, "Oh man, like that family is poor." And then you see me driving around in, in, in a Mercedes. You shouldn't see you shouldn't see that. And I feel the same thing goes for the church. You shouldn't see the past. I mean, doing exceptionally well, and then and, and then the members are struggling. Me personally, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with these with with, with, with these churches that. The pastors are. I mean, I mean, they are living good. They are living. They are living good, and the members are struggling. I don't think that's the way that God intended it to be. And tell me, I loved your question that you put on Facebook earlier today. And it's funny because a young lady um, who's here at the conference, also from uh, Manassas, um, you know, I, I was telling her about it. She said, "Oh, that should be a great show." And I told her about the question, and she and, and here was her response. She said, well, God is forgiven. The landlord is not. So I don't, I don't know, you know, how the listeners would take that. But I, I do think that God gives us common sense, and I think that God gives us good sense. He gives us wisdom. Wisdom is a gift from God. Go ahead, Corey. Uh, yeah, and I, I will say when I was talking to you, see, it was, I forgot to name the scripture, but I, well, I have to get back to you. But it's a scripture about the wolves that God was talking about. So there's a scripture about that. About what? About what, Corey? Uh, uh, Which uh, one? Uh, 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 it's a scripture about about um, about the sheets wolves, and wolves' clothing. Leading, leading the lambs to the wolves. Huh? The sheets and the wolves' clothing. Yes. That, yes. Huh? Yes. Okay. Yes. There's a scripture about that. And I see, believe it's Matthew the eighth chapter. Uh, it, don't quote me, but I think it's Matthew the 8th chapter. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up now. Uh, you, you, I think you're right. See, that's what people have to feel to realize is that a lot of times when we look at the congregation is that, is that when you go to church, what are you going to church for? And what did you get out of it? Because if you go in there just to have just a, uh, what I call a show, which most churches are in, and that's, what, that's the problem with a lot of churches, they're just too much show. If you're going for a show, you're not going to get transformed and to be changed and be to renew. So, therefore, you're not going to get anything out of it. You're going there just for a show. You're going there to see somebody dance, somebody shout, somebody clap, somebody act like they'll get happy, fall on the floor, get up, and y'all go home. But at what point did you receive the word? At what point did you become a new person? So the question was then would come into play is that who fault is that? Is it the pastor's fault or is the person that came to church's fault? Well, okay, Corey, I, I but if you become that new person, again, that goes back to what I said earlier. If you if 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 relationship is a, if a change is is almost demanded, instead we give people crutches so that we can keep them sick because it's like the the uh, medicine, you know, the sickness. If I keep you sick, you got to come back and get this medication. Well, if I keep you right. sick in the mind, you're gonna keep bringing me. Um, the money and so forth. So to me, that's what it, that's what it has become. Church has become a business when we're supposed to be about the business of God, not become a business. Surely you have to run it and do what you're supposed to do. Right. But back in the day, I remember the pastors working, having a job. They would tithe just as they expected their congregation to do. They lived in the community, and more importantly, when you needed them, you could when you could f- 
find them. You didn't have to find them. They were there. I'm not saying that this was not going on back in my day and time. Probably was, probably not to the extreme. And because we didn't have social media, we may not have, you know, had right. was able to see so much of it. But, again, to me, when 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 you're in need nowadays, very few people. Which is why Rodney, when you said you text someone, I thought I was bringing that point up because I'm thinking rarely do you do you have access. Even if you go to the secretary, <laughs> it's like breaking down a wall to get to the pastors. Not all of them, because some of them are very ex, you know accessible. And I and I kudos to them. Kudos to the ones who are loving God and, and preaching their word and wanting people to change and grow and establish a relationship with God. I've been to a church, kudos to Pastor Miller, who would forget to take up the offering. They would have to pass, you didn't take up, you, you did it again, you didn't take up the offering. I couldn't believe that. Unbelievable to me. But to him, he was there to give the word. Right, and I'm, I'm agreeing with you, but at the same time, we, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword there because not only do you have, have that person that doesn't have a relationship with God, that's put on the show. The person that came to the door has his own responsibility to get a relationship okay. with God because your relationship with God is a one-on-one thing. It, it, it's not a me, pastor, then God thing. It's a me, God thing, and then God and pastor thing. So it, it's at the same point, I got to do my part as well as the pastor needs to do his part because he's there to teach me. And I, it's supposed to be my responsibility as well to go out and get that word myself and then also ask those questions. So, the, the, so the, that's how I think that's where the breakdown is there. See, but the point, a pimp is no more than a user. And he only can use people that allow him to use it. He can't use nobody that don't allow him to use it. It's like a pimp in the street. If he, if he got a woman in the street, he only can use her as, as much as she let him. At that point, when she's tired of being used, she's gone. So he got to go get him another one. The poor pimp is like, the same way. Huh? I'm glad you made that point because if you think about it, and, and I think what you just said, ties into what uh, Tammy just said a little while ago. You think about it. Why do these women allow themselves, let's look at it in a natural sense for a second. Why do these women allow themselves to be pimped out on the street in the first place? Well, chances are low self-esteem, insecure, or you know, looking for a way out of the the, the, the the bad childhood, the bad life that they may have had, whatever their reasons are, right? And so, in essence, mentally, they, they're they sick. They're struggling. So here's this guy offering to take care of them. Well, I'll take care of you. Here's what you have to do for me. And as long as you do this, I'll take care of you, I'll protect you, X, Y, Z. I'll make sure no one touches you, but you got to do this. If you don't do this, now you have a problem. Now you and I have a problem. Well, it's the, it, 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 it's the same thing in the church. You can't be pimped like, this, like, like the title is. You can't be pimped unless you want to be pimped or unless you allow yourself to be pimped. So what happens in the church, people who are insecure, People who have low self-esteem, they are preyed on in the church, and they allow themselves to be pimped. They allow themselves to be talked to, and so they keep running back to uh, the these pimps in the church, 
who will take care of you, but you can never outgrow my pimping. If you if you ever outgrow my pimping, now we got a problem. If you ever decide you don't want to be my prostitute, my hook anymore, guess what? Now we have beef. Okay, and before you go, I'll I want both of you guys to answer this for me. What is the responsibility of a pastor? What would you say? Ahead, because, and Corey, it's something you said a few minutes ago about, oh, about the response, you know, it's, it's a double-edged sword because it's both people, you know, it's the, past, it's the other person's responsibility for their relationship and, and all that. So I want to ask, what, in your opinion, do you feel that the res- responsibility of a pastor is? I think, and my, uh, it's, it's weird because my, my wife is a minister, <laughs> so, and she said it's weird because she's probably looking at me like I'm crazy in a few minutes. Uh, but for me, I think, is that you have to, the responsibility of a, of a minister, a pastor, is to care for his flock, it's to, like they're his kids, and not in, in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. He to feed them the spiritual word. That's his responsibility, is give them the word of God, not what, not what he wanted to be. Not what he think it is, but what it is and what God gave him. That's his responsibility. That's his sole responsibility. It's the same okay. soul. Okay. Not to tell me how to drive my car. Not to tell me uh, all this other stuff. That's it. That is the, it's the same soul. Whatever the Bible says. Okay, if it's the same soul, then how? You say, okay, if it's the same souls and they're up um, pimping. Hey, uh, Corey, do you have, are you on a speakerphone? Yes. Could do you mind taking off speakerphone for just a minute and see how we do there? Yeah. Let's see if that's any better. Is it better? Is that better, uh, Rodney? Still hear the clicking. I, I don't know what it is. It who knows, it might be me out here in these oh, the clicking actually <laughs> went away. The clicking <laughs> went away, so that may I don't know, the clicking went away. Okay. But, but yeah, so I think with their responsibility on that end, it that's his responsibility is that part right there. I think what we got it, we, what we messed up is when we start adding tradition to things. Because see, we have to we have to look at the the, the, the picture from the beginning. Is if you're a Christian, or if you're a Muslim, or whatever you want to be, then where did it start at, and then at what point did it actually change? Because okay, I'm gonna give an example. Give an example. Let's. Let's look at the veil on most Muslims. Muslims wear veils. That, that's not really a Muslim. That wasn't really a Muslim thing. That was a Christian thing. So, but it became a tradition for Muslims to do it, and it became untradition for Christians to do it. Part tradition, and what part is his own thing that he's telling us, and then what part is actually scripture? Because you got to think about it too as well. Most blacks were not Christians until eight, in, in eighteen what eighteen hundred. Most of us were not even Christians at that time. We was not we was not converted over until later on. Okay, um, let I tell you what, guys. What let, let's take. We got callers, so let's start with area code eight zero eight and the last four digits one six one three. Caller, you're on the air with us. Thank you for calling. Hello, Tedney, Rodney, and Corey. I was hello? calling on behalf of. Hello, this is uh, Val. Uh, hey, Val. I was calling on behalf. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, y'all know me. Y'all know me. Uh, uh, this is a this the real deal subject right here. So I had to jump in and um, you know put my two cents in. 
But uh, this reminds me of a few scriptures I'm just going to run by real quick because I know we uh, posted the time. Uh, but if you check out First John and 4, it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirit, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. If you jump down to 6, it says, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby we know the spirit of truth from the spirit of error. And I think that's important, though, because you have to know who God is for yourself and develop a relationship with him. Now, I think the icing to the cake came in Romans uh, 1 and 32, where he came in and said, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And I think that's important, important, important for people to remember because not everyone is is seeking the truth of God. Sometimes people make um say they make excuses for their flesh because it's so much easier to take the flesh way, even though we know there's gonna be, you know, all kind of stuff that come behind that, we still rather take that way than take God's way. I'm sorry, go ahead. That's because we what? want to be tempted. We want to stay the right, same. Right. Some people just what want, we to, want be to do. Right. Yep. Right. And you know that it goes on in uh first John in five and four, and I'm ending with this and he says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And I think that someone who don't want to be pimped, as y'all been saying, they won't, because you'll overcome the world. Being pimped is a part of the world. It has nothing to do with God. There's no darkness inside of God. And if you want to be a part of that manifestation, that's you. So you're the one that's going to have to reap the consequences of that. But there are, you know, that's good to remember, too, there are some that's still out there that do actually receive that truth of God and that believe in it. I think that's why it's good for people to go out and seek God for themselves. You have to get a personal relationship with him in order to be able to overcome these these things that come against you in the world because you're going to get tested whether you believe in God or whether you don't believe in God. It's just the good thing about having God on your side is you got somebody to help you fight and help you understand and help you break through those things that you normally wouldn't be able to overcome, such as being pimped and quote-unquote through the pulpit, since we do have that going on. But that's it. That's all I wanted to say. There you go. There you go. Great word. I, I love it. And I do agree with you. But we have to realize too that some people they don't want they don't want to be told the word because they, they want to feel good. People go to church to feel. Most people go to church to feel good. They don't want to get that. You know, you're doing wrong thing. They don't want to get that. Well, you know, you don't supposed to be doing that thing. They want to go say, hey, you know, if you just pray, you go get a hundred dollars. You know, if you send me this 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 this, this hundred dollars, I'm send you a cloth, and all you have to do is put it up on your pillow, and, you, and God go bless you. See, we like the simple things. We don't want to work for it. And see, uh, see so, uh, so so we have to look at that aspect of a lot of us enjoy being pimp. A lot of us enjoy that aspect of not having to do the hard work and read the Bible and and, and understand it, or even go through it and, and begin to see our relationship with God, because there's work involved in it. And I can speak for myself. Now, this is walking with God is not an easy thing, you know, because well, you, you have to, you know, you have to constantly deal with what you do, how you do it, when you do it, and where you do it. People ask me now about church and my relationship with church. My response to them is, I don't have a great relationship with church, but I have a great relationship with God. Me and God are just fine. 
I can't, I, I can't tell you a whole lot about my relationship with the church. I can't tell you that. But I can tell you that God and I have a great relationship. And nothing that has been written in the Bible has ever come back to me void, never. And I didn't get a chance to, to answer your question, Timmy, but I will say this briefly. You will always know a tree by the fruit that it bears. You will never see apples falling from an orange tree. It, it just won't happen. Someone is fake you will know it only if you get to know God for yourself. You will you will know that someone is a pimp or you will know that someone is is a false prophet or fake if you take the time to open your Bible, to read it, and then God just gives us good sense anyway. And and and, and I'll say this too. When when we are taken advantage of, it's in the word, my people perish for their lack of knowledge. If you don't want to be pimped, educate yourself to know God for who he really is. I, I agree with you, but that's, that's, that's one thing I think Tammy mentioned earlier about the pulpit pimp. They don't want you to go to that point. They don't even want you to even get to that point to where you start knowing God for yourself. They want you to be they want you to come to them. See, if you look at one of the biggest pimps throughout history, look at the Catholic Church. You want to see some real pimps? Look at the Catholic Church. That's when you look at some real pimps. That's when you know how how the pimping game is really done. But them cats right there, they don't want you to know God for yourself because it always gotta go through them. And it has always been that way. And I and I think even even with a lot of our southern preachers, uh, they're like that. Is that usually when you listen to a lot of them preach, it's never about you go find God. It's God told me to tell you, and then I need for you to do this right here, right now. And it needs to be done my way. And if you don't do it my way, then you're wrong. Okay, well, you guys, I don't know what Val said, but the lines have blown up. Val started all this. I think she's, <laughs> I think she said she wanted to pop out. Let her be here. Let her be here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take a call. We have a lot. We have someone sitting here listening live with me, and she's saying, "What did he say about the Catholic Church?" So let's put in uh, six seven eight area code with the last four digits of eight four five nine caller. Thank you, and you're on the air with us. Hey, thank you so much. My name is Lachey, and I just wanted to call. Um, I really agree with what Val just said. Um, just really um, talking in reference to how things happen, but what I wanted to share is just this. In Second Thessalonians 2, um, starting at verse 9, it says, Even him who is coming after the working of Satan with all powers and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness and of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusions and that they should believe a lie. See, a lot of times people don't really want the truth. They don't have a love for the truth. And so then, because they don't really have a love for the truth, God has sent a strong, dislo- a de- strong delusion, and they believe a lot. So they go to churches, and they sit there, and the pastors are saying whatever, and, you know, oh, yeah, you clap three times, and you're saved, da 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 And so because they don't – because if you really have a love to really want to know God, there's no way you're going to be able to be deceived or be pimped. 
But if you Amen. don't, and you're just going just to be saying, oh, I go to church every Sunday, well, you know, you might as well just go to the club every Sunday. I mean, it's no, it's no difference. And so I believe when people really have a great love for God and they want to know him, I don't care, even if you're in a church, if you're going to a church and they are pimping, if you have a, lo- if you have a really desire to serve God, a love for him like none other, then there's no way that you're going to be able to be deceived and be able to sit under that because God's going to move you and show you. But if you don't have a love for the truth, then, hey, you may, you, you, it may not be that, you know, we say, oh, well, these people are being pimped. And we can't say that it's necessarily that the church is doing it. They don't have a love for the truth. And maybe God has sent a strong delusion, and now they're believing a lie because they had no desire for him in the first place. And the last one, he said that he would turn them over. To a reprobate mind, and then what? There, after you get to that point where you've been turned over to a reprobate mind, there's no plan for that person to come back from that place because you've given yourself totally over to the other way. You just go in there, you're trying to play and, you know, um, you're committing spiritual adultery back and forth with trying to play with God, and you can't do that. You know, people think that God is this loving God, and which he is, but he is a vengeful God, and he's a jealous God. And when he opened up the ground and saw half of the Israelite people, they thought he was loving them too. But, you know, because of their disobedience, because they're not, um, their disrespect to his, the way his word was set up, then they perished. So that's all I wanted to share. Thank you for Oh, great, good, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and then I want to add one more in there. Do you feel that the majority of women attend church and pay their tithes buying or, or putting in um, kudos for their Boaz, looking for their Boaz, okay? So let's take a caller. From, okay. And thank you, caller, for 678. We can't get extra hours, Say what? I said we might need an extra hour. But that's okay. You know, we can always go off. The, we can go offline and, and have the show even after the two hours. The people in the chat line just have to come over with us. So that's all right. We got it. Let's pull in 501, area code 9192 is the last four digits. Call you on the air with us. Thank you. Hello. How's everybody doing today? We're great. Doing great. How are you? Absolutely. I'm doing outstanding as usual. My name is Fred. I'm actually a close friend uh, to Corey. That's, uh, he, he's been a mentor to me for many years, and uh, he texted me and told me about the show. This is actually my very first time listening in or calling him. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, the, the, the comment that I had is that I believe that in regards to uh, pulpit temps and people in general, that as far as the congregation, that tend to follow these individuals, a lot of that goes back to when we when you uh, made the statement in regards to uh, knowledge, and I go up and dig on as far as education. Uh, a lot of times we're not educated. I feel like the job of the, of the preacher, of the pastor, is to educate, to, to decipher that word that he's 
gift by God and give it to him so that we have a better understanding of exactly what we need to do to, to live our lives uh, in that meaningful way in regards to uh, worship and, and everything. And it's, with me, religion has come to the point to where it's no different than any other type of business. Uh, people are extremely gullible and they're looking for something to follow, someone to follow, and that's the reason why you hear the phrase history repeats itself because we find ourselves falling into the same thing that we've been doing because not only are we not seeking, and it, it says in there, seeking you shall find. We're not seeking anything. We're just taking whatever someone gives us to heart, and that's what it is because we don't do the legwork to try to find out and see exactly what the truth is. So we become followers, and in doing so, not only are we followers, we take that word, or whatever it is that we get, and we hold on to it. In every facet of life, regardless of what's going on, a lot of times we find ourselves in bad situations time and time again because we don't share the experiences and the knowledge that's going on. And it's no different than when you do receive that genuine word. Uh, we, as a society, we've been more prone to do more gossip than we will speaking on a testimony about something that the Lord has done for us and everything. And I, I just feel like in whole that as a community, as a society, as a people, we'd be a whole lot better off, a whole lot further along if we actually did more investigate and do some background on these on these ministers and whatnot. You know, it's not to say that that just because we're going to judge them because of their past, but you, when you do a background and you see what they have going on in the church, outside the church, and you see that, okay, they're not doing anything for their community. They don't have any type of outreach. You know, they're not visiting any shelters, any hospitals. You know, uh, they don't have any charity uh, things going on. And you start to see that these individuals, because their work is going to show. I didn't want to take up too much time. I don't have any idea how much time we have. I just really wanted to, to listen in to show support. I also, I'm also a friend with Val as well, and so I was trying to show support, but I wanted to make sure I called in and made a comment. Well, thank you, and, and, and thank you for just being a first-time listener, and we hope that you come back, and uh, you made some great, great points. You made me think of some things that I'll share later. Corey, Rodney, anything for our caller? Yeah. Uh, well, Rodney, you go ahead and go first. I can go after you if you, don't, if you want me to. Uh, <laughs> I know that we have more calls, so, so uh, I'll try to keep it as short as possible. But um, I think that I, I I I disagree with 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 the three callers that we that we've had so far, and and that is, you know, the preachers or, or the ministers can't be held completely accountable. The the members have to have some accountability as well. Uh, we can't just put it on on the the preachers because you have to get to know God yourself. Hello. 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 I muted out the caller. I think. Okay, go ahead, Rodney. I'm sorry. No, I just said that that, that I agree with the, the with the three callers that we've had so far, and that. You know, it can't all be on the preachers. You have to take uh, some accountability yourself as a person, um, as a member of the church. 
um, you know, the, the, the sole responsibility cannot lie within the uh, the preachers themselves. Okay. Corey? Uh, I, I guess my response would, would go into, uh, and I, I don't want to go into your question too fast, but it, it'll touch on yours. I think it's that, well, a lot of that, we have to go look at the, the, uh, the social side of it, the social side of it, is that, is that why does it happen? You know, not only is it happening, we know that part, but why does it happen? And a lot of times is that with a lot of these, a lot of these guys is that they've never been in this position before. So that for them, it's more of a status type thing. It, it's not really that. I, I would, it's more of a status. It's more for them to say, okay, I got this. This, this is where I'm at. Look, look where I'm at. And it's to, it's to put their step up on a pedestal. It has nothing to do with God. It's not even about God. It's nowhere in the picture. It's all about them. And I think oh, they're just one small facet of it is that they're just looking at it and saying, look where I'm at. Because they've never had it before. And I think a lot of times that we, we fail to miss, we look, look, look over the issue that what are some of the social issues that's caused this thing to happen? And then how do we prevent some of those things from happening? How, how do you all get around, um, our last caller made me just want to ask this question, how do we get around the phrase, touch not my anointed? Because every at any time you 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 say anything, and, and it could be so true. You could you could speak about something that is true. You can say your pastor is having an affair, and you know this to be true. It's not something you've heard. And most people say God says, touch not his anointed, don't judge, when the word that I read clearly says judge those who call themselves brothers. Um, and if anybody needs that scripture, I'll certainly look look. Look it up for you and find. I can't take you directly to it off, off the top of my head, but that's her saying. Some people say is don't judge and then don't touch my anointed. But if you I, I clearly my, know that they're doing it, I think my I, I think my former pastor uh, had the best answer for judging, and what he said was, a judge is someone who makes a decision on a situation that has not yet been determined. However, if it has already been determined, you are not judging. Right. And so, and so I don't, just because I say something about anything that goes on in church, at work, in my home, uh, at school, in my neighborhood, doesn't matter. If it has already been determined, guess what? I'm not judging. If it has already been determined that you are not going by the scriptures you are preaching from, guess what? I'm not judging you. I'm just stating the facts. I'm stating the truth. And what we don't have today is people who are willing to stand up and say, you know what, that's not right. That is not correct. That is not of God. We don't have that. So either we are being pimped or we're sitting back watching people be pimped because we're afraid to speak up. Okay. If it's wrong, it is wrong. Write these questions down now, because we have we have about three more callers in queue that want to come in. So I I have a a question for you, 
is it the responsibility of a pastor to correct um, his members? Say, for instance, if they're doing something that if, if this person's member of the church um, and clearly is 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 living in sin, is it the pastor's responsibility to have a conversation to see if if, if prayer is needed? What can we do to get you beyond this? If they clearly know. And if so, do you feel that they don't do this because they don't want to be corrected themselves? That they're they're doing some they're they're in the dirt as well, or lose that person. Now you're on one later. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm going okay, to Okay, so make sure you write that question. Cause I forget. Make sure you guys. I, got remember. It. I, I already got an answer for you. <laughs> okay, so I let's just get it, I just wrote it down. <laughs> okay. I wrote it down. So, I wrote it down. So we're good. Okay, and for those people who I've bought in and you're still listening, if you will, if you've already commented on tonight's show or had asked your question, select the number one so you're pulled out of queue, and then if you want to come back in, you can always reselect the number one. But if you've already uh, came on and asked your question or made your comment, please go ahead now and select the number one so that you're pulled out of queue, and then some of these lights will, will that will help me here on this end. So now I'm going to pull in... Um, Area code nine zero one with the last four digits of zero zero seven five. Caller, thank you, and you're on the air with us. Good evening, good evening, Tammy. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great, and good evening to the to the gentlemen that's on tonight. Well, thank good you. evening, sir. This is Big Dad Ayers. Yeah. From the Spices of Life, and uh, you got a great topic here tonight, um, and I want to add that. It's so easy to be pimped in the churches today, especially the women, because most women think their pastor is God himself. Mm. <laughs> they would do anything in the world for the pastor. And also, and if you know, if you want to do a background check and go to visit churches and find out who's over the the uh, finance committee or who's a, who the uh, whoever handles the money in the church. Nine times out of ten is a woman, because pastor gonna get the that woman gonna do whatever pastor asks her to do. It's never, it's very seldom gonna be a man over that money. So I I strongly believe it's so easy for a woman to get pimped in the church, and uh and they come and uh so much is going on in the church now where pastors are talking to them, counseling the women without the husband being involved. And the woman is going back home saying, Pastor said you should do this, Pastor said you should do that. And before you know it, they got trouble in their house because of what Pastor said. So it's a, that's why I think the tendency of black men have failed, have declined in churches today. I think that's one of the reasons. And uh, it's just a lot going on in churches. And uh, and pastors, you know, uh, probably the slickest pastors, that's doing this pimp, and if you do a background check on them, they probably was ex-pimps, ex-players, drug dealers, whatever. If you just, because they got the word, they already know how to talk slick, and, and and then you got the word, you got a little of the Bible, you learn a little of the Bible and twist it around with a little bit of their own stuff on there, it, and you ain't studying like you should, you don't know if the pastor telling right. you right or wrong. That's right. You got to study the note, because sometimes you can correct the pastor and say, well, pastor was wrong about that. But if you don't study, you don't know if you're right or wrong. It's just like a teacher. You know, uh, whatever your teacher, teach, teach, such as he teach, you still got to study. 
you still got to have tests. It's just the same thing with your pastor. So you just got to study, and, and, and when, when you get tested, you can, you'll be approved of, you can show yourself approved of whatever it is being uh, taught. Wow. So it's, it's definitely some pepping going on. And most of it's being done to the women, is your, is your point exactly. of view. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And that so, is, could so that be you know, why women, a women lot of men won't attend church now? Most men, that that's, most that's, of the... That's one of the, that's one of the biggest reasons. The second biggest reason men don't attend church is because so much homosexuality in the church among men. So a lot of men have stopped going to church. And, and the Bible teaches us we should go to church because, because scriptures say, Thou shalt not forsake the assembly of God's people. So you you should be going to church. It, it's just not it's just not happening. Okay, all right, uh, Corey, Rodney, Corey. Uh, I, I, I'll chime in on. Uh, yeah, let me chime in on this one. I, I I don't totally agree with the callers uh, per se because see homosexuality has been around since the beginning of time. I mean I would say beginning of time, but since church been around, homosexuality has been there. They has never stopped us from going to church. Uh, and if nothing else, if you look at it at current day, it has actually brought more people into the church because now they can get by with it. I think the biggest problem with men in churches and women not going to church, well, women, more women in church than men, is see, the church has not given the man the word of God to use in life. See, man is, is, is supposed to be have those dominion over things. That's man. Woman is more compassionate side, so she's getting, her, she's getting what she needs. When she comes to church, She's coming for Jesus. She's coming to get that compassion. She's coming to get the arm wrapped around her. She's coming to get that love. She's getting that part. Well, see, but man comes. He's coming for a different thing. He's coming to to get that what he needs for the world, to go out and be that man in the world. He's not getting that part. What he's getting is he's getting a show. He's sitting down. He's getting a show. He's not being taught how to use that word to tackle the world. So when you, so when you get a man and say, hey, you know, get the Bible, and, you know, you, know, you can go in the world and you can do this, I got He can't do it. Because he's never been taught how to use the Bible to go into the world. It, it, it does, it's, it might, to me, it's just, it's just common sense. Because when, when you go to church and you, you really want God and you're a man, and you go in there, and the first thing you got, you got this big old beautiful choir, and, you know, he asked for money, and everybody be nice suits on, but you ain't heard nothing. He ain't gave you nothing to really soothe you to go out in the world and go do what you got to do for the world. He ain't gave you no word. He ain't give you nothing about God. So how can you? So then all of a sudden you're looking like, man, this is a joke. I got the same thing in the world. So why should I come here and waste, waste my Sunday for the exact same day I can get at home? Because we don't give them the word to tackle the world. We need to give them what they need in order to fulfill the word. It's like having a, school, a kid in school. If kids don't see a benefit of education, they don't have no need for education. The exact same thing. This is my reason. I, I feel that most men stay away now because... Men know game when they see game. Men, I feel mm-hmm. like men can, another man can, can stay through Pastor So and So's, uh, you know, mission. And then, like, like our caller said, like Big Daddy said, a woman will go to the pastor. You know, our, our pastors are counseling women and and doing whatever else with them. And then a woman will come home, and she'll she'll have more respect for the pastor than she and listen to the pastor more so than she does her husband, which is also out of order. So that that goes back to what I was saying. There's so many things in the Bible that we overlook, and there's so few that we just have grabbed on, and everybody uses that to get what they want. 
Because even with tithing, we've not even we'll probably have to do a second show on this because there's some th- so many things <laughs> that we have not touched that has a lot to do with this that we need to touch on. But that, to me, we really need to study tithing and look up the scripture for a full understanding of that because they're pimped. Let me say this differently. Some people are being pimped for money. You, they're saying uh, give an give a offering to get the first ladies hair done, buy some shoes, <laughs> da, da 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 But but he already making millions of dollars. And now you you want some money to get her hair done and her some shoes when Sister Patty lights finna be turned out. And she been tired Tammy, all her life. Tammy, you okay. could, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but Tammy, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> that's the, that's those wings working. And and and, and 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 I'll and I'll jump in and, and, and say this real quick because I know we have uh, other callers and um, Tammy, your favorite your your favorite uh, love of my life, Tamaria. Um, I was texting her and I told her that uh, that that Big Daddy was on. She said, "Oh snap!" <laughs> <laughs> um, so she uh, so she said uh, I told her what he said and she said, "You know what?" He is right. It is. It is very true. But he, but here's what here here's what I want to add real quick. And Big Daddy, you got to tell me a name because I I can't call a man Big Daddy. So you got to tell me a name. But anyway, <laughs> move, move, move it right on. Move it right on. I'm planning on it. <laughs> I I have I have seen with my own eyes and heard with my own ears women who disrespect and disregard their own husband. Their husbands ask for a sandwich. They can't get a sandwich. But the same women will go to church with a full course meal for the pastor. Hey, pastor, I've cooked X, Y, Z today. Here you go. And and I'm going to say this. I think that, Tammy, you were spot on. Men recognize game because we are gamers. You can't con a con man because we'll we'll recognize it. Men will recognize when you are trying to, to, to put some game out there. We'll recognize it, and we'll see it, and we have no use for it. Why? Because that's how we are as men. We as men will go out and dog women, right? We'll have 10, 15, 20 girlfriends, right? But guess what? You better not do that to my daughter. My daughter better not be one of, better not be one of your statistics. But guess what? I'll do it to somebody else's daughter. That's what we do, generally speaking. That's what we do. Not all men, but on average, that's what men are known for doing. And it's the same thing. Men can't tolerate going in church and because we'll look at the situation or we'll listen and say, you know what, this ain't right. And men, we don't want to be part of it because we live such laid-back and simple lives. We don't want to be a part of them. Women, eat it up. Oh, babe, I know I know we had this bill due, we had that bill due, but guess what? We're going to trust God. 
I'm going to trust God for the common sense he gave me. That's what I'm going to trust God for. God gave me good sense. And, and pass around the Bentley. Yeah, and, and the pastor is doing well. You know what? If the church needs so much, how can the pastor can't sell that pocket jet he riding on? Because I'm right, catching right. the bus. I'm catching the bus. I'm I'm here in Denver. I'm here in Denver. And I'm walking down the street a couple hours ago. And who do I see? People out here because they know there's signs posted all over downtown Denver that there's a teacher's convention. So you have all these people trying to get money for kids. Let me get your bank account number, and you can put a, uh, a kid in school tomorrow. Guess what? I teach hundreds of kids. I can't save the kids in Africa. I can't save the kids in Jerusalem. I can't save the kids in, in, in Hawaii. I can't save the kids everywhere. But guess what? In Manassas, Virginia, where I hold a teacher's license in the state of Virginia, guess what? I'm going, every last one of those kids, they're going to be all right as long as I'm their teacher. They're going to be all right. I can't save everybody. But guess what? We're going to capitalize on the fact that there's a teacher's convention. And then we see the same thing in church. I know, sister, I know you're struggling, but guess what? You're struggling because you won't give. And then they pull the scripture out about the woman who had a penny, I think. A penny, yep. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I got two more seconds. Here's the thing. And, And my cousin pointed this out in his message yesterday. And it was, there would, and it's in the Gospels if you want to go and check it out. There will be people on Judgment Day who will stand before God and say, Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out devils? Didn't we do all these things in your, in your name? And it said that the Lord will look at them and say, But I don't know you. God has given people gifts. They don't always use them for the right things. But God has given people gifts. We see people doing miraculous things all the time, and we get fascinated and blown away. And then all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a situation, and we don't know how we got in this. You want to be blessed? Guess what? God gave you your health and your strength. Go get a job. You want to be well off? Go get educated. You want to know something? Go get educated. And be well-rounded. You don't have to be pimped. And I'm going to stop right there. (laughs) Y'all got riding around up tonight. Man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm <laughs> no, sorry. I like it. <laughs> I just texted Marion and told her, I said, your baby is on tonight. <laughs> I, 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 look, I, I, miss, I, I miss my boo. She, she in Myrtle Beach on the other side of the country, and I won't see her until oh. next Monday. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, Big Daddy, before we take you out, could you please give Rodney your real name so he won't have to call you call you by Big Daddy next time you call in? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's what you got to call me. That's my that's my radio personality name. If you, you can just call me uh, BD, uh, B, uh, Biggs. You ain't got to say that's the daddy close, part. That's too close. That, that's too close to BD. You got to give me a better name. <laughs> You're not on your radio show. You're on Butterfly Evolution, so you got to do what we say. I'm doing it. Call, call me L.A. LA. I got okay. you, man. I got you, man. That was some good stuff, man. I really appreciate it, man. You were on point, just like you, just like you I are. Enjoy, every, every I enjoy talking time. to you guys all the time, man. I, you know, and uh, Tammy, you know, me and Tammy talk sometimes for hours, man. I'm talking about we have good conversations, and I, uh, I just think that homosexuality is so much relevant now, more so than it was a long time ago. Everybody is just. It's just wide open now, so I just think it's more in the church now than it used to be. Right. That's just right. my opinion. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of men don't want to be around that. Okay. I don't want Corey, to be around. Anything for before I, we? I, yeah. Well, I, I guess for me, I guess because I'm, I'm looking at it on the society level, and the way that a lot of the laws and stuff are going right now, is that that's why I have to disagree with it because the way the, the way the, the the churches are being filled with more gay men, which is men, period. So therefore, that's why I have to disagree there because they're they actually come to church because the churches are, are allowing it now. You know, they're actually passing laws within the church saying, "Hey, this this is totally acceptable and nothing wrong with it." And so a lot of them are flooding into the church. And so now, so that will be now. Is there, are you saying they're not men, or they're just we we talking about two different types of men? They ain't like, real man. Okay. Because a real man don't want, want another, don't want another man, and and you know what God did about. Uh, Solomon Gomorrah, you know, you know what happened. That, that's why, that's why most of it took place because of all the homosexuality and wickedness that was going on. So he ain't smiling on I it at it all. Was, right, right. I, I, I'm now. I'm gonna get wrong. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Though. I, I know where you're coming from because uh, he said it. I think it was Leviticus. Leviticus is where he, where it came from. Uh, I forgot what verse it was when he was talking about homosexuality. Man, man should not lay with a man. Woman should not lay with a woman. Leviticus. Right, right. There you go. Thank you, babe. So and but, but I, like I said, it's been there for a while. But I, I think it's deeper than just that, to me, because men haven't been in church for so long. It's just been you. You can go back to the early '60s and '50s. Men was leaving church then, and I think it was, it was because it's too much show. Is there something more spirit, spiritual there that we that we need that just says homosexuality? I think that's a, that's I think to me that's just an easy pass. It's just an easy pass. What we said, we ain't got to go. You know, I think you guys are basically saying the same same thing. Big Daddy is saying that, yes, it's, it's women are, more women are going because they're easily, they're more easily pimped and will do basically whatever the pastor says. Men are, are not going for two reasons. They, they, they know game. They know play when they see it. And they don't want to be around men who might be just looking at them because there's so much of it in the church. You got churches now. I saw an article where they got a, two men, and one, they calling one of them, I guess, first lady, whatever you want to call it. They sitting up there. They got did a portrait. Seriously, they did a portrait together. They are they're the leaders of the church, and you have people. They actually have members, men and women, who supposedly are straight. And, again, how do you go sit under those teachings? I don't want to hear anything about, well, they're human as well. Yes, you are. But at, at the end of the day, there is a responsibility for pastors. The Word tells us to watch out for false prophets, and there's a responsibility for a pastor 
to be a shepherd that leads, feeds, nurtures, comforts, correct, and whatever else you want to add, to, that will be held accountable, even more accountable, coming from the word again, they, they will be held more accountable. So it's, that's, right. that's why there's so much that we leave out and overlook when it comes to that word, and there has to be a reason. There has to be a reason. One, because the person that's going to church, they don't want to change. The, the person that's preaching, because they know you, that you're going to keep bringing their money as long as they keep letting you do what you do. You sitting there thinking you're going to buy your way into heaven, and when you're going to go straight to hell. Yeah, and like something that Rodney said, if, if, uh, if I was, if I, I'm not married now, but if I was married, and if I wish my wife would come home talking about what the pastor said and fix dinner for the pastor and, and fix his plate before she fixed mine. You talking about a problem, a situation? Oh man! <laughs> I would turn that whole table and put pastor up out of my house. Man, I, I, might, I, I might go to Pastor House so my name could be called in Pastor House all the time. If, if my wife keeps calling his name in my house all the time, I'm, I'm gonna put a stand on it. And I'm gonna tell you to go and live with the pastor. Huh? I, said, I actually I'm had a friend that, I actually had a friend whose wife was coming home quite often saying, you know, pastor said this, pastor said that, and he started to get suspicious because they were kind of spending too much time together, and he really felt as though they were having an affair. Right here in Memphis, he went to church to confront the pastor. You know, they put him out of the church, out. He couldn't even come back, and I mean, he was he was working in the church, serving doing this, doing that, but because his wife continues to come home, pastor this, pastor that, she would be out with pastor, not with him, and not with anybody else. Like crazy, he said. Yeah. He said, I went to, went to, I'm going straight to the, straight to him. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. And he said, they called the police on him. They put him oh. out of church. I could tell you so many stories about pastors and what they done did and fired, got, got another uh Man's wife pregnant in the church, and it's so much I can tell you. Especially, you know how I go in Memphis, Tammy. You know, I, you know some of these stories. Yes. Oh, yeah. We, I've heard of them here. They Women fight in the church. Fight in the church over the pastor. Oh, it's just a man. So much going here. We, 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 we have to call. We have to talk later on. <laughs> Say again. Well, just imagine how there's a small town. I just saying, what you have pastor having kids by teenagers. You know. And all people, all things people say is, well, he sure can't preach good. That's it. That's exactly what they say. Yeah, they say, you know what he's doing, but he can sure preach good. That's exactly what you hear them say here. Yep. Like, yep. like I said, the, the ex pimps, the ex pimps gonna make the best preachers. The ex hustlers gonna make the best preachers. They gonna, cause they gonna take the, the little bit they know and put a stand on it. It's gonna sound real good, and anybody know yeah, where we're going with their hair. And the yeah, man should know that. Right, and, and, but see, like again, you, you know, if you go back in, in time, this, this thing has been going. This this pulpit pimp thing has been going on for a very long time. You know, you got to go back to you go back to eighteen hundreds. Started back then. This thing has been going on for a while because at, at one point that was the most prosperous employment that black people that a black man could get was being a preacher. That's that's what we did in order to make a livelihood for ourselves during Reconstruction period. So and we couldn't read, so that's what we did. We went to house to house. Yelling and screaming, hey, you you gonna die? You know, you you got to do this, you got to do that, because that's what the slave master told him. That's what he remembered. That's how he made his living, and we passed it on to our kids. 
Well, he passed it on to his kids and became a generational thing, which became a traditional thing. That's how you got to the whole, the pastor must at the head of the table thing. That's where all it came from. All it came through, through, through that same period, and we have yet to address it. We talk about it, but ain't nobody trying to address it. Ain't nobody trying to do away with it until now. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys, we still have college, so um, let's keep <laughs> on. I think, I think, uh, think we've uh, L.A. Has, has left the building anyway, so we I don't have to take him out. We're going to pull in now. Okay, 901 with the last four digits of 0668. Kali, you on the air with us? No. Hello? Are you talking to me? Yes. No, I'm just listening. I don't know how I got on there. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> all, all I right. got to say is we all got children, regardless of whether we're a dog with a heart, with a human heart or a cat. We all got children. He made us all. And we all don't I have don't... a choice of how we came out. So I understand what you all saying. Since y'all said that, I'm going to say this. Some people that are born gay can't help it. If they could help it, they wouldn't, do, they wouldn't be there. I know some that, that will tell you, do you think I would go around in the world walking like this for people to look down on me and, 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 and treat me different if I had a choice? Now, that's the only thing I disagree with what you guys are talking about. Everybody that's gay cannot help. Because they're gay. But that's because a different show. We're not. The, we're not saying that they can't no, help. Somebody it. mentioned something about I, gay I, people. I, I don't. I, I don't. I, there's certain things that I want to do that I just got to make a choice not to do because I'm seeking and serving God. And it says that we're made perfect through Christ. So I know. I hear people saying that some people are born that way, but it still comes a choice to do wrong. Or right, I could say I was born to be a killer because my daddy killed. So I, because I'm continuing to do this, it's okay. Because that's a whole different story. No, it's not. It's, the Lord it's made doing, all of you all. That's a different thing about you talking about you. If your dad was born say, to kill, yes, you gonna kill. But if the Lord put in me what I got in me, so, I can't help it. So I, that's what I, I have to I be. Agree there because it becomes okay. a choice to do right. It becomes a choice to do right, just as. That's one thing I don't agree with. That's one thing I do not agree with, what y'all said about the gay people. I know some of them might not be, but I know some people are born like that. Because when you are are accepted in the wounds of a woman, you don't know what you're going to be. And see, we're not not saying everybody's God's child either. Uh, We're debating the pulpit pimps of what what they're doing in the church. I don't know. I heard the gay game up. Yeah, we were saying about it's not for a gay. If he, if okay, here's my take on this, and I'll leave because I don't want to get on the gay. If 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 I was gay, and I I wouldn't want to get up and preach to nobody. If if that's how he feels, that person feels, then you need to pray a little bit more. Ask God to take that away from you, because we serve a mighty and powerful God, and He can take some desires away from you that you truly want. That you truly want. He can take some things from you. People and do I just want to say, choose. I am not gay. I'm fully a woman. But I feel <laughs> I'm fully a woman. Yeah. For me saying that, I am just full a woman from the head to the toe. And I love men. Because, you know. No, I'm not gay. Okay. So now you all go on. I'm listening. Yes, ma'am. And tell me, you. Okay, let's take in 678, um, and I think this is a caller that's calling back in, 8459, 678 with the last four digits, or 8459. 
Yes, Tammy, this is Lachey again. I'm sorry. I, I, I just wanted to make a quick comment. Um, you know, you were talking about how the men are not um, – you know, not running for, not falling for the game. But this is one of what I want to say about that. Um, my, you know, me and my husband went to a church for a long time. We were in a church um, that was very. We came up in the church at a very young age. Came to church at like 18 years old. Really following what the pastor said, and we heard a lot of those things. You know, well, and I mean, I've even saw that where you know people are, you know, women do what the pastor say before their husbands say. And my husband got out of church for a while. And I got to a point where I saw a lot of things happening in the church that I knew wasn't right. And I said, I'm not going to continue to sit here and sit under some mess. And so I talked to my husband. He had left the church. And I said, sweetie, you know, I'm, I'm going to find another church. Now, I want, if, you, if, you, if, we want, if we're going to be a family that's going to be healed and whole, then I need you to find us a church. You know, because if a, if a man will step up and say, okay, they were not staying in this, this church. If 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 they really have a love for the truth, if he goes and he's like, I'm gonna find us a church. We're gonna find a church together. He makes a decision, then we can sit there. I'm I'm telling you, I'm in the best church I've ever been in in my life. I have more word than I've ever had. I mean, just really. And my pastor requires us to go back and study. He he's like, no, don't believe what I say. He said, don't believe what I say. And then also to the point where he's preaching against sin. So, you know, you, you have these people coming up in church and want to do anything, and it may be uncomfortable for them, but they ain't heard the truth. So they won't say, oh, well, God, I don't You heard the truth. You heard the truth that you're not supposed to be kidding. You heard the truth that you're not supposed to be sleeping around. You, you heard the truth about those things, you know, because, yeah, pastors are going to be required. You know, Jeremiah 12 so that there is many pastors, um, actually I have a verse here, that there are many pastors that are um, hurting, basically pretty much like hurting the church because of the things that they're doing. And um, Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 10, many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They have tried my portions underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. And so, yeah, there's people that originally, you know, went in the church to do the right thing or they may have desire to do the right thing, but then they have allowed money and other things to get in the way or, or what people say or you've allowed some big name to come into your church or somebody that can pay tithes, you know, more than others, and you allow them to dictate what's to be preached in the pulpit, which is not correct. And so what happens is I believe, you know, they were saying that, you know, men are not the ones that are, you know, going to be – they're not going to allow the game to be run on them. So they won't stay at the church. But if they are married, if there's a married man and he has a wife, then he needs to okay, well, babe, this church, there's some stuff going on in this church that's not right. We're not going to sit here. We're going to go somewhere else. And he goes out and finds a place where he can put his family. And if, if enough men will step up and do that, then you ain't got to worry about your, you know, your wife being pimped and your wife saying what well, the pastor said. You know, because my, my, my pastor's even said, you know, if your husband, you know, your husband wants you home, you know, yeah, you can come to church and things like that, but if, you know, you know he wants you home and there's already some, um, you know, he don't really want you to come to church and things like that, don't stay around sitting around church all evening and then he wondering why you're still here. You are you are one in a few, though, because many times the, the, the wife will tell the, the husband, okay, well, then you go or you just stay at home. There they're very few will leave that church. That's my opinion. Very few. So you, I feel that, again, you are one out of out of just a very few that will choose to to follow him and and go. I think a lot of them would do just the opposite. Well, this is this is my church home. I like him. I don't know what's your problem. You know what we were talking about earlier. I think that many of them will stay. 
they, they I, and I agree with that, but that's, that comes into, you know, really knowing the word of God and what God has laid in order and how he has put spiritual authority. And when you do that, when you don't, I mean, people don't realize how the magnitude of the way God's work, word works. And, you know, in the Bible it talks about the liars and, you know, homemongers and adulterers and um, fornicators. All these people are going to have their place in the lake of fire. If you have not repented and got yourself together, you gonna, you gonna, whether you're lying or whether you're a homosexual, you're going to burn in hell if you don't do what you need to do. But then you've got to be able to say, okay, my constant walk with God every day, not that I don't make a mistake, but I'm a, have a repentant heart. And then I'm doing what I need to do on a daily basis to know God. So when I know his word, when I study to show myself approved unto God, not to man, then I know, okay, this is not right. I'm going to do what my head says. Or this is not right. You know, if we're in a church and then the pastor, you said, you know, if, um, Rodney, I believe, said, you know, you, uh, uh, apple tree is not going to bear oranges. If you've got a pastor that's condoning sin, then you know that this, this, this tree right here is not bearing good fruit. You need to leave. But if you don't, then, you know, you stay in there. You don't have a love for the truth. When you know it's wrong, then that's where I believe that, you know, you'll be turned over to that reprobate mind, that then you'll be started to believe the lie. You've got to send that strong delusion, and you'll believe the lie, and that's what will happen. Right. Okay. Well, thank you, Carla. Anything right now, or Corey? Well, I, either I, I, I think what she said. <laughs> well, I, I, I think that it goes back to – Think that it goes back to uh, something that, and, and I believe that he said I can call him LA. I can't, I can't call the man Big Daddy. I, I just can't. But it goes back to to this. We, I mean, it, it's so easy uh, to say, and, and, and I commend you um, for saying this. But unfortunately, it's just like Tammy said. Not a whole lot of women will say, I'm going to follow my husband. Many men will say, I mean, many women will say, I'm going to follow the pastor. And it creates a a huge division within the family because so many women are, are so eager and they look at their as if they are God themselves. And so I commend you, and I hope that people listening to the show will, will, will feel the same way. And we have to start putting our family first. And if your, your husband is willing to be a man if your husband is, if your husband is willing to be a leader then i think that it is a good thing to follow him now that doesn't mean that he controls his his wife that doesn't mean he's, he he controls his family however men and women serve different roles i think when it comes to god and and so if a woman is willing to say hey you know what? This isn't right. Let's follow your your guidance, or let's follow your lead. I think that that is very important, um, especially in regards to the, the the subject we're talking about tonight. Mm, okay, okay. 
Let's move right along. And don't forget, for the callers who have been pulled in, please select the number one so that you're pulled out of queue. That'll help because of the number of calls. That'll help us know that we are taking you back out of queue. And thank you for your calls. Okay, let's see here. Okay, let me just make sure I have... uh, and send in all a few comments from from Samaria uh, whenever you're ready. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's get those in, and then, um, then Corey, we'll kind of turn it over to you to get some of your points back out. No, okay, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the callers, so I'm, I'm really okay. enjoying it. Okay, right now we're ready. Uh, well, uh, the first one is she says that um, we are so focused on man that we forget about God. Then she said, it's not God we seek to please. It's the pastor and the church. And then she asked the question, are we more disappointing uh, God or man? And she said, majority of the time we are worried about how we look in the eyes of people. Hmm. Is that and that's kind of summing it up as to why why we are being for those who are being pimped why we stay and remain um, and say the things like well I know but they can preach well, what are they what are they preaching you know and how are they able to continue to preach because the word says you cannot serve two gods you cannot so I, I think go ahead sorry about that no go ahead. I think that's where it comes to the point. I think somebody said earlier, they're not trying to serve God, period. It has nothing to do with God with a lot of people. It's all about self. And God is nowhere in the picture. He's not even pushing. He's not even thought about. To me, the ones that, that want to be tempted, the ones that want to be used, the ones that they like the situation that they're in, it's the easiest thing. It's like a lot of times I said with, with, with a lot of people that they want to be poor. Not everybody that's poor is poor due to the fact of some reason. Some people just want to be poor because it's comfortable for them. And I think religion is the same way. They want to be religious. They don't want to have faith. Faith and religion is two different things. And I think we have to distinguish that, that part as well. Religion is just a practice. It has nothing to do with God. It's just how you believe that something, you believe in something or just the way it's supposed to be. Religion is all about tradition. It's all about a set of rules. Faith is God. And we need to distinguish between those two. Because the people that want to be pimp, they like religion. They love religion. They relish in religion. But people that love God want faith. That's a, that's a, that's a two big different things right there. And they, they like they like it. People that want to be pimp, they love it. Just like, just like the woman in the street, she likes being hit. They like being hit by, by, the, by the pimp. They like when, it, when, when the pastor tells them, hey, we got a building fund due. Then when I get through my building fund, I got, I got my wife's hat you got to buy. When I get through my wife's hat, uh, I, I want a new car. Then tomorrow, we get through. We got a pass appreciation dinner tomorrow too. Now we got a new pastor coming in tomorrow. We got to get a whole bunch of money. And then you go home. You got no food in your refrigerator. They like it that way because they like to complain. I found one where they took a money to replace the blades um, on the <laughs> on the airplane. Uh, so it, I'm seriously. So if you just do some, you'll see the stories. Let's take another call. Uh, I think we're bringing Mr. L.A. back in. Nine zero one zero zero seven five. Oh, oh, well, I'm just back in listening because the I call dropped, uh, but I I won't butt in if I don't need to, Tanya. Uh, okay, okay, your number was lit up. Okay, thank you. Okay, 
Um, so do you all want to attempt to answer those questions that I put out um, earlier? Okay, one of the questions I think you asked was go go back over. I don't. I'm trying to see my paper. Can you go back over? I think the last one you was asking was about scripture. I told you to write it yeah, down. Supposed I to correct me? about that. Yeah. I know but the first I, one was I, about well, women yeah. being <laughs> about women. Um, is it possible that women continue to go and particularly tithe because uh, the, they will they expect to find their Boaz there? And I have the and I have the questions written down, so 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 I got you. Okay. Uh, I, I think I'll go go ahead, Rob. You want to go first, or you want me to go first? No, man. You you you're you're the special guest, man. I want you to go first. <laughs> I think it's twofold. <laughs> I think when 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 a woman comes to church, and I'm I'm gonna separate the two. I'm, the first woman that comes to church, she's coming looking for a man, because we we've been told throughout all of our life. You want to find somebody good, you go to church. And that's become a traditional thing. You know, church is, is like the club. You know, church is like, it's like you no, know, that's where you go to speed day then pretty much for a lot of people. And that's why you see a lot of that going on because that's what they've been told. That's what they've been taught. You know, they've never been told, go to go to church, sit down, get the word so you can live better, so you can do better. They've never been told that part, but they've been told, go to church, you'll find you a good man. And some, and some of the, the church people are some of the worst people in the world, some of them. They're some of the biggest cowards in the world. But then you also had the other woman that comes to church. See, she, that's the one that's looking for Jesus. That's the one looking for the compassionate side. That's the one looking for something. She's trying to hold on to something because she, she's been beat down so bad. Man, she's she done been dogged. She's been ran through the blood. She's tired. She's coming to church looking for something. And that's the one that the pastor go after because he, he knows that she's looking for something. He knows that she wants something and she wants it bad. And she's looking for Jesus and he wants to play that role because he likes the part of the pimp. That's my take on So that might explain some of the dress attire, because I know I was uh, out of town, and I, this one scene I'd never forget. I, I seriously, a little bit more, we would have been able to see her buttocks. I mean, and, and to me, for nobody to say anything, that no leader, no pastor, they say, well, that's okay, come as you are. But see, that's the, the, the problem I, I feel is just, too much when when you feel like you can't say anything because you will be judging. But we allow people to still do it without, and it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Because um, certain things should not, should not be. You should not look at someone and almost see their butt. And when, when you see women dressed like that, you wonder, are you really here looking for a man? And when, you, when you're able to do it time after time, I'm not talking about the, the prostitute who comes off the street because there ought to be some discernment for the people in the church. I'm going back to that scripture that says, judge the, the people who call themselves brothers and sisters. Well, it says brothers. I'm going to say brothers and sisters. If you're in the church and you're claiming that you've known God for 50 years, 20 years, 10 years, and you've been serving him, seeking him, and then nothing, nothing convicts you about your skirt, being at your butt, somebody should have a problem with that, and somebody should have a problem to the point where they're okay with saying that. Rodney? Well, I think that when it comes to church, period, so many people don't know the word. So so many people don't know the Bible. 
so many people don't have a relationship with God, it is easy to be fooled. And this is coming from a person who actually has a license to preach from someone who's been in the church ever since I could remember. Always loved going to church. And preached my initial sermon in February 2004. In fact, it was February 29, 2004. And I've seen so many things in church. And the problem is, and and here was my problem, and Tammy, feel free to cut me off whenever you get ready. And I'm going to share something personal um, with all of our listeners, and that is, for a very long time, I went along with things because it is what I was taught, it is what I was told was right, it is what I was told who God was, it is what I was uh, told what the scriptures meant. I went along with a lot of things. And a lot of things I thought were God just because it is what people I respected said. However, when I took the time to build my own personal relationship with God, I found out that there were a lot of things that I needed to unlearn and then allow God to teach me himself. And because of that, once that day took place, my life began to change. I tell people all the time, and they laugh, but I tell people all the time, me and God are cool. A lot of the things that go on in church, I have a problem with. If you notice, there are scriptures that are left out of sermons. Mm -hmm. There are scriptures that you will never hear in the church. Why? Because pastors are afraid of confrontation. Mm -hmm. Pastors are afraid that if they preach certain messages, then people will leave the church, people will get upset, it will cause a lot of issues in the church. So they avoid those scriptures. There's a scripture, and forgive me because I'm very rusty, but there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about how can the man be the head in his own house, but yet his wife is the head in God's house. But people avoid those scriptures because we're afraid that, you know what, if if we say something that might make women upset, guess what, the women are going to leave the church. And you, when women start leaving the church, there goes your church because most of your church is women. And what are the women going to do? They are going to bring the children to the church. And so because of that, we avoid so many scriptures. We avoid the truth. It is very easy for us 
to talk about the scriptures that benefit us. No one wants to talk about the truth. No one wants to talk about these false prophets. No one wants to address the actions and the behaviors of these so-called pimps. We don't want to address those things because one thing that we are afraid of spiritually and physically is the truth. We're afraid of the truth. Why? Because we're afraid of freedom. Because when you get the truth, you, you have no choice but to be set mm-hmm. free. When you become educated, you are now challenged to change your life or at least to think about certain things. So we avoid education. We're afraid because if you teach me something that goes against what I've been taught, now I'm forced to make a decision. And I don't want to go against what mama said. I don't want to go against what dad said. I don't want to go against what what the pastor said. I want to live in my happy world that really is miserable because I sit around and I talk about these things. We avoid the truth. We run from the truth because it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to deal with the truth. It's hard to deal with it. And so people run from it. But the only way you can be delivered is by facing the truth. There's a scripture, and I point people to this scripture all the time, because we we tend to be bandwagoners, just like in sports. Everybody all of a sudden is a Miami Heat fan. Why? Because LeBron is there. Oh, he's about to win all these championships. But the Miami Heat fans, used to be Lakers fans after they were Chicago Bulls fans. But we're bandwagoners as people. If everybody else is doing it, guess what? I'm going to do it too. And those are the people that we are even when it comes to church. Those are the people that we are. We jump on the bandwagon. We are those people that we don't want to hear the truth, but if you tell me that if I put $20 in this basket, $200 $200 is coming back to me or $2,000 is coming back to me, like we're sitting at a slot machine, guess what? I'm going to give you my $20. But those are the people that we are. So you know what? There are pimps in the church because there are prostitutes and hookers in the church. And here's another thing that I'm going to put out there, and I don't even know if we realize it, but I, I really think, and correct me if I'm wrong. This conversation is geared towards the black churches. It's geared towards the black churches. Because when I go in Lutheran churches and Presbyterian churches and Methodist churches that are pretty much white people, yeah, they have their issues too, but they're not the issues that we're talking about. They're not getting pimped. When I when I go out to, to eat, with white people, guess what? I don't see them paying the, uh, the uh, you know, when they tip the, the, the servers. I don't see them giving the, 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 the servers the, these crazy tips. I don't, see, I don't see a bunch of white people. And, and, again, this is the media. But I don't see white people driving around with these eighty, dollars $90,000 cars and they only make thirty or forty thousand dollars a year. I don't see that happening. 
when we talk about these football and basketball players being exploited, guess what? We're not talking about no white kids. We're talking about black kids. And it's not the the pastor's fault solely. It's not the member's fault solely. It's whole of our fault. What are we doing when we see people being pimped? What are we doing? What are we doing? We're being pimped with them. We are accessories to the crime. We are accessories to the pimping. We don't want to admit it. We don't want to acknowledge it. Well, I said this. Well, I said that. Yeah, but when did you say it? I hear teachers complaining all the time. Guess when they're complaining, though? In the teacher's lounge. The school board doesn't sit in the teacher's lounge. The superintendent doesn't sit in the teacher's lounge. The principal isn't there. So it's pointless. We don't have true leaders anymore because everybody's afraid. Everybody, everybody's afraid. When I wrote my book, Tired of Being Black, people said, well, geez, aren't you afraid of how black people are going to look at you? I said, no, I don't care. We need to stop. Racism is alive. I get that. I get that. But let's stop doing stuff to ourselves. Let's stop calling each other the N-word. Let's stop pimping each other. Let's stop getting over on each other. But yet we still do it. We still do it. And then still blame, if I may, we blame slavery. We blame the white person for some some things, choices that we make. It's like you said, Corey, a few weeks ago, give everybody a Walmart card that says, I'm sorry, go spend $500 and see See what 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 would that do? Would that make anybody do anything differently? Make better choices, and do better, and stop playing the blame game. No, I, I, I agree with you, and, and I did make that statement because if you in race, let's let's go back, and I'm, I'm gonna go from what you're talking about now. If you in racism right now, and by midnight tonight, what changed? Nothing. What 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 did I where did our status change? It changed nothing. So therefore, we fight the wrong fight. Maybe like with this poor pimp thing. Is that if I, if I went and got rid of all the pimps, corporate pimps, right now, and then I wait 20 minutes, and I went back to church, that went back to church, what changed? Nothing, because the people haven't changed, and our traditions haven't changed. See, that's that's what I think there, a lot of us miss is that we we want to complain, but we don't, we don't want to do the hard labor to figure out what happened. Where did we go wrong? And then if if it went wrong, how do we correct it? And I, that's what I think that what Rodney was trying to get to is that everybody everybody wants the easy they want the easy route. The easy route is just to complain or just sit there and, and deal with it and say, oh, okay, you know, whenever I meet God, I'm just gonna tell God that it wasn't my fault because the pastor told me. But at the same at the same time, how did you play that part in that role? What did you do? What did you do? Because when we started out this thing, and when we have to we have to look at it in a real sense. Let, let's go take Christianity. Because that's the most prominent thing in the United States right now. If we look at that right now, and we just take it from the beginning, and you go back through and look, it, it, it wasn't us at first. So it was a new thing for us. And when we started get do, doing the traveling evangelist thing, that's when we took a hold of it. Because, see, we are some very powerful speakers by nature. 
because that's what that's even if you go back to some of our people in Africa and other countries, we're very powerful pe- speakers in nature. They used us in a lot of revivals to gain hold of slaves, to use them to to go into their religion with Protestants, with Mormons, and all those type of things. And what we did was we latched on. We didn't know anything. We had no idea. So we latched on to those things. We made them tradition. That's why you see in a lot of black churches now that when you got the pastor and when he's well, when he, like I said before, when he died, his son will get it. When his son died, his son will get it. And ain't none of them called to preach. Some of them probably the biggest heathens in the world. But them the ones that go to the congregation go say, yeah, the show Pastor John's son, he show will be preached like his daddy. We did the same thing during slavery. We did the same thing after slavery. We're going to keep on doing the same thing because it feels good. We like hearing that good message. We like hearing say, hey, just preach. Preach because I know when I go home, I'll get a brand new car. I might just go get my lottery ticket. It's the same exact thing. There's no difference. But a lot of these preachers, might just get your lottery ticket and say, hey, I hope I win tomorrow because God's nowhere involved because you don't have a scripture part. That's what I think that's what we have made. We have really hit a lot on that is that we leave the scripture part out. We don't have scripture to back us up what a lot of things they're doing. But we, we have yet to raise our hands and say, hey, what about this? I, I, I've been kicked out of a lot of churches. Still, when I was in the military, we go to different places or whatever. And I stopped. I, I asked a question, and I've been asked to leave a lot of services because I asked for a question because I didn't understand, or I was just being smart because I knew he was teaching something a lot, and they asked me to leave. I think that I feel a lot of pastors need to be asked those hard questions. What are you talking about? Show me in the Bible where it says that. It. Show me where it tells me to to do this. Show me where it says this right here. Is it your word or is it God's word? If it's your word, then leave me alone. Mm. Wow. Well, we have about um, seven minutes to go. I do. I would like to um, ask people who are listening. There is, and I want to make sure I have it ready for you guys. Um, a friend of mine has an opportunity to be on Big Brother Team America. And it's on CBS.com. If you select Big Brother, CBS.com and select Big Brother. Her name is Jocasta Odom. And we can vote in individually as many as 20 times. And you'll see her picture there, down on the left-hand side, um, almost towards the end, but it's Jocasta. If you guys would go on CBS.com and select Big Brother, and then you'll see um, all of the candidates that are I guess running for Team America Alliance, and then you can vote for her. It ends July second at two fifty-nine a.m. Central, if St- sorry, Eastern Standard Time. So voting closes July second. So if you guys would do that, and again, her name is Jacosta, and I'm going to post this on my page as well. Uh, if you want to go and find it there, but she is a powerful speaker. Um, she's been on the show. She has a story to tell, even as it relates to what we're talking about tonight. Um, and I won't get into that, but she is a, a powerful and deserving speaker and uh, deserving of what she's running for as well. So, Jocasta on CBS.com, Big Brothers. So I wanted to get that out. And we'll do this again, have Corey back on, because there's so much, again, that we didn't. I wanted to get on the scriptures about tithing, because um, that's what much of this lies around, the money that people give and sometimes in such conviction um, and what happens to the person who does. I asked the question today, if your mortgage or rent is due and it's time to tithe, 
And if you tithe, you don't have enough, what do you pay? That that question came in, and I posted it on Facebook and got, um, I think, one or two responses. But, you know, what do you do? And do you feel convicted if you decide to pay your mortgage? And what happens if, if the pastor says you pay your mortgage and God will bless, and but that doesn't happen? You know, so many people have did that and and uh, did not get that money back in return. How does that make them them feel if someone has said, you know, you do this first and God will take care of you, but the money does not come for rent or for their mortgage? Um, so some great questions and things that we we did not cover tonight. So we'll do this again. I'm sure Corey would come back and do it with us. So Corey and Rodney, You'll give your, it's 9.55, so we have about five minutes, and we can keep going, like I said, on the line. For those of you who are in the chat line, if you want to go ahead and kind of transfer over, 818-691-7406. We won't go long, but if you want to now, then you'll be able to catch it. So, uh, Rodney, Corey? Yeah, I'll, I'll leave out with, with a scripture. Uh, I got this from my pastor today. I was talking to him about it. Second uh, Timothy 3.16. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's Profitable of correction and for instruction in righteousness. Mm. Yeah, Rodney. Did we lose Thank Rodney? You. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. If you want to see a change, you must first be the change yourself. You don't have to accept anything that comes your way. It is totally up to you. You are in control of your life. You are in control of where you end up. You may not be able to control where you come from, but where you are going is totally up to you. If you don't want to be tempted, period, the choice is yours. If you don't want to be miserable, the choice is yours. If you want to be happy, the choice is yours. These are things that come from within. No one can make you happy. No one can make you sad. No one can make you laugh. No one can make you cry. Whatever you are feeling, it is because you want to feel it. Whatever you go through in life, maybe you, it may be life, it may be God. Life is mainly about our reaction, not our actions but our reaction, because a lot of things are going to come your way. But how you react to it, how you respond to it, will determine what happens next. So if you want to have a relationship with God, you can have one. If you want to be successful, you can be successful. The choice is yours. Thank you. So much. And I'll end with James 1 and 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all 
without reproach, and it will be given him. And I say we're not asking because we really don't want to obtain information that makes us, requires us to change. Um, That's why we stay. That's why we go to these churches. That's why we stay. That's why we feed into it because change is difficult. Transformation is difficult. Long days is deceitful, filling days. And so, again, we don't ask because if the word that we so believe on um, is true, we would not allow ourselves to continually be pimped. So I end with no one can pimp you unless you want to be pimped. So the responsibility and accountability lies upon you. And we'll do this again. You guys stay with us, stay connected so that you'll know what night we're on. That being said, Corey, Corey, thank you, thank you. Um, I'll connect with you about when you can come back, and and then Rodney and I would love to have you back on and and maybe do a second part of this targeting the tithing, the scriptures about tithing, and uh, I'd really like to get into that. And then um, Tondra, who's in the studio with me, is asking about female preachers. Uh, What do you think, what are your thoughts on that? And uh, even to the point of, do some of them pimp as well, or pimp, you know, pull pimp pimp. So, kind of jot those down, and we'll address some of those things during our next show. Okay. All right. Just let me know whenever. Right. I'll be more than happy. I thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you. We've had a great show tonight, and I'll end again um, in honor of Diane out of Atlanta, who was our first caller in again tonight uh, with <laughs> Sam. You guys have a great night. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.
Like fighting with gravity 